Hello everyone, I'm your host, Chloe Cohen, French sustainable fashion journalist, and I am glad to welcome you on the Fashion Label Brazil podcast. For the fourth episode, we will talk about Gen Z consumers. How fashion brands are appealing to this audience, how their spending power is significant and exponentially growing. For this conversation, I am happy to welcome Brazilian fashion designers. Let's listen to what they think about Gen Z consumers. In introduction, um, could you present yourself, your job and your brand very quickly? And we will start with you, Beatrice. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for having all of us. Um, my name is Beatriz Camacho. I'm the co-founder of Manolita International. We are an artfully designed, uh, handcrafted shoe brand, all locally made in Brazil. Thank you very much. Um, Anna, this is your turn. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Anna Paula. I'm a creative director and founder, Ana De Jure. Hi, I'm, I'm Carlos. I'm Ana Paula's partner. Uh, but she's the one, she's the brains behind <laughs> the brand. Uh, I'll be merely the translator today. Perfect. Then Simone? I'm Simone Nunes from Sao Paulo. I'm an industrial design and I'm the founder and creative director of Room, a shoes brand. Okay, great. Um, Sylvie? <laughs> Hi, hello, thank you for this podcast. And I am Sylvie Quartara. I'm founder and uh, creative director of CNV. Uh, it's a Brazilian brand that is, um, uh, I mean, our mission is to transform ancestral savoir faire in uh, little pieces of art. The idea is to use these uh, ancient uh, handcraftsmanship with a very contemporary look. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, and then to finish, uh, Peu. Hi, I'm Peu Andrade. Uh, I'm the owner and the creative director of Bootstrap. It's a brand, it's a brand for young people and that's embrace and encourage uh, empowerment and queer culture. Okay, great. Thank you very much, all of you, for these uh, presentations. Um, so now we will talk about the, the Gen Z consumers. So my first question is, um, as a fashion brand, how are you appealing to the Gen Z especially in terms of uh, sustainability and diversity of this kind of, um, of thing that are very important for this kind of consumers. Um, Beatrice, if you want to, to start to answer the, the question. Yes. Um, so for us, um, you know, realistically, when we set out to, to build the brand, uh, we were not necessarily thinking about any generation in particular. And I think that's actually one of the, pivotal points about Gen Z is that, you know, they all, they're really embracing their individuality, right? So they, they embrace individual style. They, that means they're all different. Um, and we, we like to think that our brand really caters to that individuality. We, um, we produce um, in small batches, we produce sustainably by using recycled materials 
And on top of that, something that few brands do in the footwear space, we actually have the ability to produce made to order. Um, obviously, sustainability is is incredibly important to that generation as well as, well as their older counterparts in the millennials. Um, and and realistically, when we when we say made to order, what we mean is we're basically saying we have limited amount of stock um, in our warehouses, which makes us. Um, just by default, a more sustainable brand. You know, the fashion industry, as we all know, has um, so many issues. Uh, so, many, so many of the uh, sustainability issues actually come from their stock situations, right? We all know that when brands have overstock, they end up selling them at a discount. Whatever doesn't sell may very possibly end up in a landfill. And by limiting our our stock, we're actually choosing the most sustainable practice, um, in addition to that, I think from a generational standpoint, they adhere to the idea of less and better. Um, and we like to think that our shoes come into play there as well. You don't necessarily need to buy 20 pairs of shoes every couple of years just to, to be on trend. You know, if you know your your um if you have your style down, even if you want to take those risks, obviously with trends, but if you're buying fewer and better, I think by default, you're making the most sustainable choice. Very interesting. Thank you so much. Um, Ana, Paola and Carlos, if you want to to uh, react or to add something and to enter the, the questions of how are you as a, uh, with your brand appealing to the Gen Z? I, I think... Uh... We agree with, with almost everything that, that Beatrice said about, about Gen Z, and we feel the same here at Ana de Jour. Uh, we feel like the appeal for, for Gen Z, it, it's, not a, it's not based on style per se. It's more uh, about the purpose and, and the behavior of the brand, and we, we embrace diversity and sustainability which are issues that, that the Gen Z generation uh, cares so much about. And we as a brand also put in, in the center of what we do, uh, not only in terms of, of, of the product, but also in terms of, of the production process, uh, the respect for, for the time and, and the value of, of the labor of the people who work for us. And I guess when, when we put that all of that together, uh, not only the pro the product but, but the brand as well appeals to a generation that, that wants to wants to, to consume uh, uh, brands, fashion brands that that kind of uh, kind of represent what they what they feel about the world. So we think that that we we address that as a brand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very interesting. Thank you so much, um, uh, Simon. If you want to to add something or to say uh, um, your your thoughts about that that question. Yeah, I have a Gen Z inside of my house. My my daughter, and so I always pay attention on her behavior and. I asked her her opinions for the launch of some products and her friends. And 
they are all involved in sustainability. And uh, my, I don't, as Beatrice said, I don't have stock also, and it's a handmade product. So um, another thing that I do, it's I let my clients uh, keep the upper part of the shoes and they can uh, change the sole. So they don't have to buy a new pair. We can repair the, the shoes that they already have. So it's the way that I try to see my brand like a slow fashion and bespoke um, label. The idea of reparation is really interesting. Thank you so much, um, <laughs> Sylvie. Uh, if you want to, to add something else or uh, to, to share uh, what you think about the, all of that. So I completely agree when you say that the Gen Z is... Uh, very um, uh, concerned with sustainability and uh, and I also think they they want quality and they want value for the products as well so and they want to know where their money are spent this is something very interesting they want to know exactly where this wood comes from, who is going to work this wood. They really want this, and I think this is a kind of a way they see system sustainability. And uh, for us, we work with a lot of wood because our clutches are hand uh, uh, wood carved and we use marquetry. And for example, one thing that we are doing now is that we buy the wood and I send the wood to the artisans because this way I am completely sure where this wood comes from. It is really certificate. It's the right wood. It's, so this is a way that, and, and I've, I've noticed that uh, the clients and mainly the, the Gen Z, the, the younger women that comes to our, to our shop, and they, when I start saying this, they really like to know that we are very uh, careful about this wood. Where does this come from? And so I think this is one point that I think it's important. Of course, it's important also for exploitation because uh, I have all the certificates and everything. But I think this generation is very, very, uh, how can I say, they really take care. They really want to know where their money is going, how it is, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole how do you say, in, uh, how the, the product starts from the beginning until the end. So I think this is one point that we are working uh, well with the sustainability and the Gen Z. And when we started in 2014, actually, we, we didn't really, we were not thinking, I was not thinking of one uh, generation or another or the, the age of my clients. It only started from my passion to creation. And so, but I've noticed that these last two, three years, before it was only for the moms, they were buying my clutches. But now it's very funny because I have the mom and the daughter buying the, the clutch. So I'm noticing that from, I don't know, it's two, three years, four years, 
that we are also uh, selling a lot to uh, Gen Z. And I think it's uh, a lot because of the sustainability. Okay, thank you very much uh, for all this uh uh, all the thoughts. It's really interesting. Um, and then, uh, Peu, um, uh, if you want to to add uh, uh, something and uh, and answer the the question of uh, how uh, you are appealing to the Gen Z. Oh yeah, uh, our brand is focused on Gen Z, and the most appealing is the that we do non-binary products and focus on queer culture that connects instantly with the Gen Z. Uh, I mean, we we made a same clothes that will we'll fit the body of a man or of a woman or of a person that don't be defined by woman or, or man. And beyond that, we, we are a brand that, that the aim is diversity of body types, of color skins, of all kinds of genders. And there is there is subjects that is part of the living of the, the Gen Z, the young people that are part of people, are involved in pop culture, in social media, in vital moments. And that's the how we we do our brands and how we communicate on social media is all focusing on this universe, you know, is focused on the universe that is connected with with Instagram and TikTok and all that moment that the behavior of, of, of Gen Z are living now. Thank you uh, very much, Edith. It's going to be the link with my uh, second question because I, I was wondering um, which marketing and creative tools uh, are you using to attract, to engage this audience? If you have um, a successful, concrete example of uh, what you do, uh, it, it can be very interesting to, to share that. Um, Beatrice, um, uh, if you want to, to enter uh, that question. Yes, of course. So our our main we are in globally a direct to consumer brand, uh, right? So we our main focus of communication is and has been our social channels and a big CRM strategy within our email marketing. Um, so we we've definitely felt that um, our images are what best reflects. Uh, images in our communication style are what best reflects that um, communication that we have to all generations. But obviously, in this case, we're talking about Gen Z um, more so than the channels. Right. It's not it's not the how it's the why. Um, so basically what we've what we've tried to do is um, engage more with shorter video styles make sure that the brand um, has a unique tone. Uh, you know, I think sometimes tone is something that um, gets missed a lot. Uh, everybody really focuses a lot, obviously, on the visuals, which are important. But I think Gen Z really wants to be spoken to um, as a peer-to-peer -peer or friend-to-friend -friend versus brand-to-consumer. And I think that is probably the 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 space where we're probably doing best at at speaking with them we want to be informative obviously but we don't want it to be a sales pitch um, and that is something that we've been really really careful to do okay carlos or anna if you want to to answer both of you <laughs> yeah yeah um we we also uh 
throughout time, we, we found out that the best way to, to communicate, we as a brand, uh, we are also uh, a direct-to-consumer brand, uh, we found out the best way to, to, to get in touch with our clients is, is through social media, social networks. Uh, Ana Paula especially, Ana Paula and I actually, we come from a, from a, an advertising background. She was an art director, I was a copywriter. And, but we, we don't apply so much the, the advertising techniques on our, on our social networks or, or the tra traditional advertising. Uh, what we do is we give space to, to the client to appear on us on our social networks. I guess maybe 50%, uh, 50, 50, uh, of, of, of our social networks, they are created and, and they, they portrait the, the consumer, the real consumers on the real lives using uh, another jour. Uh, I guess what, especially in Apollo's background uh, as an art director, what it contributes the most is with craft. Uh, so we, we have, uh, we feel like we don't need uh, expensive productions to, to, to create and to communicate through social networks. But even with, with uh, uh, homemade solutions or, or not, not really uh, big value productions, we can still achieve the, the kind of craft that we want for the brand. So uh, we keep it beautiful. We keep it uh, real with, with real people and, and we keep it close. So, so I guess people feel when, when they connect to another jour that they are talking and they, they are seeing uh, not a brand in, in some kind of, of, of advertising, but how does it, how does, how does it work on, on, on real life and, and the difference that, that it makes to empower that the people that are using it. So I guess we, we, we kind of focus on that, uh, I guess. Okay. Um, Simone? I work in a very organic way with the social medias. And as I said, with my daughter from Gen Z in my house, I am a little resistant, but I need to focus on um, platforms as TikTok. <laughs> and, uh, but I'd rather go um, in an old way that I do showrooms and, and, and trade fairs. And I'm only on Instagram. And uh, yes, I uh, I don't do a lot of uh, social medias in a way of advertisement. It's more natural and organic for me. I don't push. Okay, Sylvie, if you, if you want to to add something and uh, maybe give a, a example of what you do um, to to attract and engage this uh, kind of consumers. So, we, of course, we insta our social medias are very important and mainly Instagram. And uh, we really uh, pay attention to have uh, 
I don't want to say a Gen Z um, focus, but um, something very young, yes, because we know, of course, that this generation is very active in the social medias. But, for example, one thing which I think is very interesting to say is that many people ask me, why don't you have an e-commerce? I say, well, because... When you uh, have the e-commerce, the person goes there, they buy the bag, the clutch, and you don't know who they are. And with, for example, Instagram, nowadays it's very easy because you can talk to somebody in the other part of the world and you exchange direct messages. And, uh, and it's really interesting because it is a, a straight contact that you have with your clients all over the world. It's very, very interesting. I have, I, I'm not going to say that my client in in uh, Switzerland or in US or in, um, in uh, Australia, it's uh, my friend. No, but we exchange messages and uh, I know she has a daughter and uh, which is pretty much related to the brand, which is um, kind of a boutique. Um, it's more, um, it's like a boutique. I mean, it's something really, it's everything is handcrafted. We take care to all the details and be able to talk with the clients, even if it's very far away. It's really interesting. And of course, we ship worldwide. And But this contact we like to have. If it's not exactly related to Gen Z, it's much more related to what we want as a very unique brand. But I think it was interesting to to say. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you very much. Uh, Peu, if you want to add something, I know you, you started to answer that question uh, previously a little bit, but if you want to uh, maybe give more examples or uh, explain uh, uh, in details the, the, the marketing and creative tools you, you're using to, to engage its audience. Yes. Uh, so as our strategy of marketing, we are always trying to connect with pop culture. And because of that, we are connecting with what uh, the Gen Z are experiencing talking about in social medias. And we translate that uh, as uh, images that are related with they are communicating right now with the subjects that are being talking about, or even a subtitle of a of a photo on Instagram, and this kind of small things, but make you know the brains make part of of their day of their lives, you know, of their basis. And well, we try to make part of the conversation that they are talking about. And so, uh, also we are we are always working with influencers, with Gen Z influencers, and creating try to create an authentic relationship with them. You know, as always, all as interesting that all the influencers that we are working right now are not paid influencers because they like the brand and we are just collaborating of course there are some trade involved but 
it's not involved money. It's involved maybe some clothes or maybe some posts on Instagram, on TikTok. But beyond that, we are connected by kind of our friendship relationship with them because they believe in the brand and they believe in the DNA that we are trying to 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 you know be talking about and is that is try to to really be honest with your aim with your DNA brand and as so the people and the clients will come because they and the GNZ they smell it if it's authentic you know and they will want to make part of them so this is our strategy that is being worked since the day one and we're still doing and still working and as in social media we instagram are very active as our biggest platform of communication and there is when we really talk with the clients when we uh, you know post something that we do and the photos and the videos but on TikTok, we are not there as as a profile, but we work on TikTok through the the influencers. We we I mean we don't have a, a profile on TikTok, but we make awareness strategy through the influencers, the influencers talking about the boat trap, the brand. Uh, make it get rid of me or going to the party and they are using and they mark the brand and you know really we try to 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 make part of their lives that's it okay thank you very much and maybe i have one more question um i don't think we talked in details about that but um, uh, vintage and the second hand shopping are really important too for that uh, uh, generation and these uh, consumers. Uh, we talked about reparation a little bit, but uh, do you have any actions um, to promote, I don't know, a, a second hand or uh, through your brand? Or um, is it something you're going to do in the future? I'm curious to to know what you, what you think about that. Um, uh, we will maybe keep the same order. I don't know if, Beatrice, you want to, to add uh, something uh, about that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think one of the beautiful thing with shoes is that you can always take them to a cobbler, right? So we actually um, have like our trusted cobblers in different cities uh, that we we can definitely recommend to our clients. Um, but we also have a program where you could send the shoes back to us uh, in store if they've been damaged or if there's anything like from just wear and tear, obviously. Um, where we can definitely send them back to our factory um, for them to review and fix. So that's actually um, all our factory is um, is in in Sao Paulo, uh, which makes it really convenient um, in able to the back and forth and being able to really get turn shoes around really quickly. Um, which is wonderful. I think in terms of uh, Gen Z's like predisposition for vintage and um, and secondhand, I think that's you're absolutely right. Right, that's like a, a well known um, fact about them. Uh, having said that, I think you know with shoes is particularly difficult. I think it's it's very really different to find a vintage dress 
and want to wear it than to find a vintage pair of shoes that might be in okay condition. Obviously, if you find something that's excellent, then super, uh, but unlikely, right? So I think, um, you know, realistically for shoes, vintage and secondhand um, offers a particular kind of challenge um, in in that regard. Um, and, and I think that what we can do as brands is really um, speak to that desire for a specific look or speak to a to a desire for something that can be fixed. And and like I said earlier, right, I think um, this generation, amongst others, but obviously they, they're making it a point to buy less and better. And I think when you do that, what you're doing really is making sure that you can have something for a long time. Hopefully it, it can become vintage one day. Right? <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> um, exactly. And um, I don't know if someone else wants to, to add something, Carlos, maybe, or? Yeah, yeah, we we have a, a slightly different uh, view on, on, on vintage, antique, or, or secondhand here at Another Jour. And I guess it has a lot to do with with the way that Ana Paula uh, conceives fashion and and the dresses that she she designs. And again, I I, I can stress that out. She's the one that that is the creative director. She's the the creative mind behind the brand. I am here merely as a translator. Please, uh, I, I I'm talking too much, but but. Everything I say, I say on her behalf or, or, you know, to, to honor her. And, and this is, this is very interesting because, uh, since the beginning of, of Ana de Jour, the vision of Ana Paula for fashion was, was very, very clear, uh, on how fashion should, how her, her clothes should be made to last a lifetime not only in terms of, of quality, but design as well. So uh, this, this actually uh, drove Ana de Jour to be what it is today. We, we are a brand that makes uh, dresses uh, from, from, from silk, from certified uh, fabrics that we know have, have uh, outstanding quality also uh, from, from brand, from, uh providers that that suppliers that uh respect sustainability so also we we think that we want the world to last uh as long as our clothes and so she she we use uh outstanding fabric we use uh a, a, an ageless uh, design we have uh a permanent a permanent collection instead of, of summer winter collections that that are, are uh, somehow disposable uh, everything that we do we do thinking that once you buy uh, another another de jour dress is going to be for for life and so uh, we, we want the, the second-hand users to be the first-hand users and the third-hand users to be the first-hand users. We, we feel like uh, we, we, we do it as we do addresses like, like people think of, of, of watches or, or 
jewelry that that can be in the the family for for generations. That's how we 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 see it. Okay, very very interesting too. Thank you, um, Simone. I don't know if you want to to add something regarding the uh, second hand or vintage uh, thing. I think the brand is too young to have vintage. Um, but as I said, we repair the shoes so they can become a classic. I also, like Carlos said, I don't work with, um, uh, how can I say? I don't launch products that, uh, in spring, summer or winter. Uh, all the, the, the same shoes that I created in 2016 is still, um, in the collection. So I hope them became classics of the brand. And that's how I, I see the, the. Yeah. The transmission and uh, it's made to last. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Sylvie, if you want to, to say something about that. So, well, uh, we don't see and we, we don't have any secondhand uh, or vintage strategy, to be really honest. But having said this, I really think CNV bags are uh, little pieces of art that are seasonless, as uh, uh, Simone was saying, and Ana Paula as well. My product is completely seasonless and you can wear it. You can use this bag today and you can use this bag in five years. But I really think that maybe because of this, because it's completely seasonless, maybe I should think for the future <laughs> because you somebody can use it five times, 10 times, 12 times, I don't know, many times. And in five years, you're tired of your bag and you want a new one, you can still sell it and, uh, and buy a new one and somebody else can have the same because we'll be able to, to use it again even five years later because, because it's completely seasonless. So we don't have any strategy for this but I'll keep in my mind because it could be interesting <laughs> <laughs> okay great uh, it's also the the goal of the podcast to raise some uh, question and thoughts about uh, all of that so perfect um Pio, if you want to to conclude maybe about uh, the relation between uh, your brand uh, the second and shopping and the Gen Z we also don't have a strategy of second hands or vintage or vintage products but what we try to do is do high quality products and with a design so bold that it can become a collectible piece you know that we try to do clothes and accessories so so outstanding that that the people want to collect it and this really really happened with us and you know our our collections are really uh, i mean different one of another but also we try to do it in a way that people can use one with the other with the next one and mix the products for the the collection don't become old but the language of the collection is very different one of the another for become a collectible item a collectible piece and so so 
uh, become a vintage piece well someday. That's what we do. Okay, perfect. Thank you uh, very much for this conclusion. Um, thank you, everyone. I don't know if you, someone wants to, to add something, but uh, I'm done otherwise with the question. So thank you very much for sharing all the information. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much for the informative chat. Thank you very much, everybody, for sharing all this information with us. This is Fashion Label Brazil podcast. This was the fourth episode. I am your host, Chloe Cohen. Thank you for listening and see you soon.